Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of the Nintendo News Report for Thursday, February the 8th, 2018. One day, well, five hours until the Olympics kick off. Oh, yeah. When's, when's yeah. hockey start? That's, that's what uh, I really care about. I think the women start on Saturday. The guys start on, on Tuesday. All right. Um, I'll have to figure that out because I, I enjoy watching Olympic hockey, even if there's no uh, NHL players. Although there's a lot of old ones. I was looking at the roster, uh, not the starter Nintendo uh, news show, <laughs> talking about um, Olympic hockey without any real stars. Um, but like Victor Stahlberg, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, or however you say his name, the dude is probably going to be the number one pick. Like they're going to be playing for, I think, Sweden. Um, and there's a couple other guys that like names I remember. There, there's a lot of let's remember some guys in this tournament, yeah. and some that you've probably never heard of. Yeah, which that's fun too. Like you can, I mean, it's just, Olympic hockey's fun. Olympics in general are fun, but hockey's what I because I I get that sport more than I get like skiing. The ski shoot, mm. ski and shoots, always a good time. <laughs> yes, and our Olympic biathlon analyst, and also our new reviews editor, for those who missed the uh, live chat that is yeah. on this channel this weekend, uh, that is, of course, Neil Ronahan. Hello, yeah, I'm, Neil. Feeling, I'm feeling pretty freed. I'm no longer director of Nintendo World Report. Uh, I'm just the reviews editor and the owner, which, <laughs> I don't know, a week into it, and I feel like it's just it's just like a different, a different kind of responsibility that I'm, I don't know, I've been doing a lot. I, I've edited three video reviews this week. Um, I'm off to a bang and start. Yes, and you can check those video reviews out on the channel as well. And you know, another in another man, another man who's a whiz kid on the video is our special guest tonight, David Lloyd. David, hello. How's it going? Good. Now I just got. I think that I think the Jays ticket individual game tickets went on sale today, so I got to get on that after the show. Try to get Baseball, it. Yeah, trying to get I, I, my my goal for this year. If I'm going to do any traveling, is to go see it, go see one major league baseball game. And Toronto is honestly the cheapest way to do it. Yeah, that makes sense because everything else you'd have to go to the states. Yeah, and the man who doesn't really care about sports, but he's got a collection of just about everything on my Nintendo. Justin Berube. Hello, Justin. Hi. I'm I'm a major league eating fan. I will say that. <laughs> July 4th is like your Olympics, huh? It is, but you know, ever since they banned Kobayashi, <laughs> it's been all it's it's hurt. I was so happy when uh Megatoad beat Chestnut though. I'm not a Chestnut fan, sorry everybody. All right. So the, not a whole lot in the way of news this week, but a couple of interesting stories that came out uh, one of which actually broke about three o'clock in the morning our Eastern time. Uh, Nintendo has finally revealed the first Switch rewards for my Nintendo, and it's going to be money off games on the Switch. But I think the key word there is money off select games. Yes. Right. So my, because the way every, the way I admittedly read it early on was that, ooh, it's, they're basically going to do the deluxe digital program for this, where you can get five, you can get money off the, whatever your, whatever Switch game you're buying at the time. So like I've got, 700 odd gold coins maybe i get some for for redeeming bayonetta one buy a couple eShop games and oh look i have 10 bucks off a game but yeah it'll be for select games they have finally increased the amount that they're giving away for buying games so if you download any if you download anything on switch 
3DS or God forbid Wii U, you now get five times the the regular price of the game on the, as gold coins, and where where you were getting basically one to one at some sort of ratio depending on how much money you spent, and if you get a physical Switch game and you redeem it, uh, if you used to get like ten to twelve, I think most I ever got was eighteen coins. Now you get the cost of the game on the eShop and equivalent. So uh, if you have any physical Switch games you've been sitting on waiting for that registration, do not do them now. Wait until March. I've been waiting on all of mine, to be honest. I, I honestly don't know why this is exciting. I don't either. Be, because the whole thing, I mean, it's exciting that you get <laughs> it some seems, points. Yeah, it yeah, seems the whole better. Point. Saying, but exciting select games select games really scares me because it's gonna be like oh get mario kart 8 deluxe and breath of the wild and you know the games at the highest attach rate you get some money off and it's like yeah. well yeah that doesn't do anything for me so i've seen some people get excited over this but that select games part is gonna be frightening to me until i see what they're actually offering as games i can use these points on otherwise it's more garbage like if if uh well, it- i think there's a potential there I think we're going in the right direction, but I just don't think we're at a point where it's where it's exciting. Go on, David. I I just don't like how uh, people who buy physically are being punished because uh, the asterisk on the point system is that you get five percent of the amount you pay if you buy a digital game, but you only get one percent of the cost of the game if you buy it physically. And all my big purchases, uh, like Xenoblade Two, Arms. Uh, Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, I bought them all physically. Uh, so all the most expensive games Nintendo has to offer, uh, I'd be getting uh, 20% of the value if I had to p- purchase them digitally. Well, I mean, that's and that's part of the whole reason why Nintendo is pushing this, and that's why we don't really have any physical rewards on my Nintendo like you saw on Club Nintendo back in the day is because they're really trying to push people to go to digital, which, I mean, it makes way more sense for Nintendo. And this time they're giving the carrot with the, the 5X bonus as opposed to the stick they're trying to use before. But you, there is the inherent problem of if you're going digital on the Switch, you're running up against the storage limits unless you have, what, 300 bucks to drop on a, on a 400 gig micro SD card, and even that's probably going to be full in another six months. Yeah. Well, David, the joke's really on everybody else who goes digital in 20 years when their system breaks and they don't have the games anymore. People like you and I have a giant stack of games that you can play on any Switch. I mean, well, and that's is Nintendo that's still going to be a company in 20 years? I, I mean, they've been around. They've been around since. Are we I mean, they have a website? They, they've I mean, been around for yeah, 130 yeah. years, Neil. I think they can make it another 20. Just saying. I, don't, I mean, like. Disney owns Marvel. They own Star Wars. Everybody's just buying everybody else. Um, Fox is going to buy WWE. <laughs> but will the servers still be up? That's the problem. Nintendo can no. still be around in 20 years. No, they're not the Switch be server's up. not there, then. <laughs> well, well, then, just like Justin said, those games could be Switch, gone if, as soon as you're... As soon as you know, there, there, there was that news article about, like, Kimishima saying... Uh, Switch is going to be longer than the typical like four or five ge- year generation. Maybe the Switch will still will still be playing the Switch in twenty years. Another thing I want to point out, it's kind of like a slight sidetrack to this, is this is my Nintendo two for those keeping track. Yeah, because the one that uh, we all, the one that I somehow managed to get the free Zelda collection on that had the busted Majora's Mask. 
Yeah, in the early 2000s, they had a My Nintendo for Warzone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, 2.0 has so far been soundly disappointing. I got a I got a <laughs> Zelda Picross game. That was the high high water mark. I got I got a WarioWare Touch. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is cool because it's the only but, way to well, get that. Yeah. Although I think the other thing I, about, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, David. No, I was just gonna say, like, uh, with you guys who only buy digital, you haven't lived then because you haven't tasted a Switch cartridge. I still haven't tasted one, and I have physical. All right, here we go. No, you got to try it. It's Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap. Oh, you got to put your entire collection in your mouth, Neil. Garbage. All right, (laughs) hold on. Switch cartridges taste bad enough. Now you're going to literally taste something that tastes like it comes from the 1980s. (laughs) Got to put your tongue on it. I mean, I'll I'll call this out because this is uh, Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap, uh, physical version, coming out next week. I believe it comes out on the 13th. Um, it's got a reversible cover. Woo! Um, it's uh, I think this is like the original Japanese art or something. It's probably not coming out that well. It also comes with looks like a lizard man uh, keychain that I don't know if that's variable. I know that past like the cave story one, you could get like quote and curly brace and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When's that coming out, Neil? Uh, next. Tuesday. Yeah. There's oh, also. I'm on board for that. A mini disc soundtrack sampler, um, and a and an instruction booklet that looks pretty thick. And an instruction booklet actually means something nowadays because we barely yeah. get unless uh, unless we unless you know some people who know how to do some really good graphic yeah. design, you don't get instruction manuals anymore. It looks like a totally uh, nice instruction manual. I do love how the thing that uh, I mean is really charming about this game is that they have like you uh, you start off as as um, you know, a more humanoid character, but then like you become like Piranha Man and Hawk Man. But the they they present Human as H U hyphen man, which I always found very charming. I think this game's great. I have I wrote the review of it when it came out um back on in April on the, the eShop last year. Uh I believe that this version, I think it's forty bucks, so it's a little bit pricey. Or maybe it's thirty. It's forty. I'm looking it up now. Okay, it's forty. I think it's a little high for what the game is, but it is a fantastic game, and it's a nice package uh, as far as you know, Switch physical games go. And the and the uh, the cartridge itself is modeled after old Master System cartridges, um, if you can see that there. But yeah, yeah, I really and, do like this game. I think it's very good. I, mean, I, I wanted I, to buy it digitally, but I'm glad I held off because I'd rather have physical. Yeah. I, I got it when it was on sale around the telethon. Uh, it's in the long backlog of Switch games that I have to get to now. Although my one my one final hope before we move on from the my Nintendo stuff, I'm really hoping that this that the select games is just whatever is not in the on sale section of the Switch eShop. Because if it if it works that way, then we might have something. Because I can I can make my own discounts or get down to your pricing for some for some of the really weird exchange rates that we get on the eShop up here. Yeah. But but who we'll find we will find out in a, in a few weeks as to what Nintendo's plans are for that. And in a few months later, uh, we're going to get to see three Nintendo games at Evo 2018, which will be the first weekend in August in Las Vegas. Dear God, why would you want to go to Las Vegas in August when it is 130 degrees there? celsius but 
the biggest fighting game <laughs> tournament in the world will have, in addition to the usual suspects, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and Super Smash Brothers Melee, uh, they also will have Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, which is a Switch game, although probably will end up getting played on PS4 because there's more fight sticks. And that's coming out in June, right? Is that the... Yeah, that's the, 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 the last game we have. Yeah. Okay. And you have to buy and half the roster's DLC for Blaze Blue, but that's that's another story for another time. <laughs> hey, G- hey, GA's playable from the start. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, because that's the one that like it's uh you know Blaze Blue characters. There's some Persona characters. I think there's a couple other things in that too. There's uh, the web cartoon. I think became an actual anime. RWBY's in that and. Uh, uh, and the under the undernight series of which I believe are visual novels crossed with fighting games. I just know that there was one really bad PS PS3 one. I mean, I'm glad so, Smash is in Evo, but uh, I really I joked about it on Twitter with someone the other day. I don't remember who, but we need to get Urban Champion at Evo. I, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, we need, we need a, a Urban tournament. Champion reboot. That's what we need. What would I thought that if, was arms? <laughs> they could if, also if, do that Joy Mecha fight reboot too. All right, K- Kimishima knocks on your door. Um, it's weird, but he does it anyway. He asks you, "We we have to bring Urban Champion back. Who makes it? What's the game? Go." Game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Traveler's Tales, and make it, <laughs> we basically make it GTA. And the Captain Falcon's a hidden character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Captain Falcon's always a hidden character. That's just, that, that's the rules now. Um, I think Sakurai, uh, first person action brawler. I'd let the arms team do it. Let's see what Mr. Yabuki can do with this. He's got some punching game experience. Uh, anyway, yeah, moving on. Um, Evo, that's cool. Yeah, I, I've been. I've been. I uh, there was uh, what was it? I forget what it was. I've, I I I wish I remembered the name of the tournament. There was a Smash tournament recently in which I actually paid attention to some of the finals and was like pleased to see someone play a Peach and like get to the top eight. For which um, Smash? It was it was a uh, melee. Yeah, me- Peach is pretty good at melee. Yeah, but like still, I mean, maybe it's because I haven't paid attention to the scene in a while. Uh, but like, I was used to just like, oh, Falco's man, like that's it. Um, and it's nice to see a variety of characters be used in high level Smash. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I prefer the Wii U version. There's more. I mean, there are some characters that seem better in that one, especially some of the later DLC characters that they didn't have, didn't have as much time to balance. But uh, overall, I think the cast is much more balanced. You can see some random characters sometimes break through and do well. Genesis Five. That's uh, that's the, the the tournament that I that I watched a little bit. Anyway, just wanted just wanted to call it out. Yeah. So so we've got the, with the three Nintendo games, and I, although I think the bigger story coming out of Evo, even for us, is even though it's not on Switch, is that there's no Marvel game this year. Like no model. The, the yeah, f- yeah, and that, that game came out. I feel like you know what would have been really funny if uh, Ultra Street Fighter Two was included and Marvel wasn't. 
Well, that I mean, they're... Time. <laughs> although they could probably play, um, if they're, if they're going to do like a big side tournament for some of the older Street Fighters, they could probably just use that collection. Because I'm sure the digital, the Street Fighter collection that's coming out, because I'm sure Digital Eclipse would care enough to to make it arcade perfect. Or are you really just desperate to see Violent Ken in the in top eight of a Street Fighter tournament? <laughs> um, just, All top just, eight. Just because I was curious, I, I looked it up. Um, here's the uh, the the top the top eight from the Super Smash Brothers Melee singles from Genesis Five. Um, uh, Plup was the winner, which played Sheik and Fox. Runner up, Hungry Box, who's the guy who won the uh, the Super Smash Brothers for um, E3 tournament, if memory serves me. Um, he was playing as Jigglypuff in Melee. Third place was a Fox. Fourth was a Peach. Fifth was Fox and Falco. Sixth was Fox. Seventh was Pikachu. Eighth was Samus. Um, there's like a Yoshi up there too. Lots of Marts. Because of course, uh, the la- the last game of Marth before he got screwed, whereas Roy has been screwed since day one. Yeah, poor Roy. So the only game with Marth. <laughs> hey, I've got I've got a five star Marth now. Took me long enough. I had him pretty much since the day <laughs> the game launched. Oh uh, yeah, here Fire Emblem Heroes talk. My favorite part. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that I haven't I haven't had a chance to try the um I will say I haven't tried the I haven't had tried the tap battle yet because it's not live until tomorrow, but I had a really good run on the anniversary. Oh, is the tap battle like the rhythm menu the rhythm game. or yeah. rhythm dungeon thing or whatever? Yeah. yeah I might have to check that out. So that's tomorrow? That that's tomorrow. You do need the most recent version of the game which came out last night for it. All right, then uh, maybe I'll download that while we're uh, while we're here. <laughs> And don't forget to claim your 50 free orbs. Yeah, yeah, I should do that too. All right, I'm going to make sure yeah. my sound's off. <laughs> All right, so so I don't know if we want to get into rumors and speculation on this show, but you know what? It's my show tonight, so let's do it. Oh, no. So there was, so there was a what appeared to be a, link, a LinkedIn leak from somebody working at Namco, Bandai Namco Singapore. Which apparently was and, formed in 2013. Um. I don't know if they have any specific games credited to their studio, but I think they just assisted with Bandai Namco games at a, at a minimum. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't dig super deep into this, but I did do a little digging. Yeah. And the that LinkedIn profile said that they were working on two exclusive Switch games, uh, a action-adventure shooter, and Ridge Racer 8 coming to Nintendo Switch as an exclusive because, well, Cass or I retired, so why not? Like, one, um, Ridge Racer's not a stretch. I'm just just gonna say that right off the bat. I know people, it's it's been associated with PlayStation over the years, but, like, Ridge Racer games have come out of other systems. I think the last Nintendo one was 3DS launch, uh, but still, like, there was a Ridge Racer 64, there was a Ridge Racer game at DS launch, too. Like, that's that's not alarming. Um, especially with the Switch being so successful. Although uh, this would, I believe, be the first Ridge Racer game in about six years if it comes out in 2018. Because that series has really been on ice. Since and... the last one? I, I don't know. If... Seven... Yeah, yeah, I think 7 came out around when that 3DS one came out. Yeah, and they did um, that. Which would have been seven years ago, because that was the launch. And, they... and there was a multi-platform one, like a Ridge Racer Unbound, I think it was what it was called. 
And they haven't touched that series since. So interesting that they bring that one back on Switch. Oh my but God, I suppose this, if you want to be like... The event calendar in Heroes looks like that uh, That meme of... Um, what you call it? Charlie from It's Always Sunny with all the, uh, with all the conspiracy stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's nonsense. Sorry. Go back to me. I'm pretty sure most of that stuff is over now, except for the um, some of the quests and maybe and the banner that starts tomorrow. I I have so many orbs now, I can't wait to waste them all. <laughs> Go get Daddy Hector. But yeah, the other the other connection that everyone's making with that uh, Bandai LinkedIn profile is is Bandai Namco really the team that's helping out with Metroid Prime Four? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I, I mean they, they they've done shooters before. I mean, hell, Lost Reavers came out on Wii U. As somebody in the forums pointed out, that is a, uh, that is a thing that happened. That's a that's that's a troll. That's that that was a joke. So I've I've done a little digging in into this in in you know the the underbelly of the Nintendo rumor world. Um, there's a lot of smoke around Bandai Namco working on Metroid Prime Four. Um, I don't feel 100% confident about it, but like, there's a lot of smoke, guys. The man Namco is probably working on Metroid Prime 4. The one thing I never was able to d- nail down, which always made me kind of doubt it a little bit, is who specifically was working on this? Like, you know, Bandai Namco working on Smash Brothers, that happened. That was, um, I think some, some Tekken producers were working on that. Like, there's, there's a through line that made sense with that. But Bandai Namco has never really made a first-person shooter, or even in this case, a first-person adventure. And that's where I kind of had my doubts about it. But if it is Bandai Namco Singapore, then it might be the situation where Nintendo's working with them, and much like they were able to mold Retro Studios, they might have this support system of, you know, as is custom with, I think as I've come to realize, especially with Metroid games, I mean, you look at Samus Returns, like, Yes, Mercury Steam did a lot of work on Samus Returns. They are the primary developer. But there's also a handful of key designers at Nintendo that worked on Metroid Samus Returns. I mean, you had Sakamoto was on it. There's a, I think there's a couple designers that were internal at Nintendo that worked on it. That can, you know, the, the music composers were, were internal Nintendo. Like, that wasn't solely Mercury Steam. That was a collaborative effort. So I think you have Tanabe and, you know, a, a couple core people internal at Nintendo as well as potentially these people at Bandai Namco Singapore. And that could be a retro studios like opportunity for top Nintendo brass to work and, and hone and train a younger development team or an inexperienced development team and turning them into something bigger. I guess my question with that is since it's not a Nintendo development team, do you think they'd want to waste that many resources on like training that team up? Like, unless there's some sort of deal in place that makes it so that team only makes Nintendo exclusives. Um, Third Rate Minion is calling out in the chat that uh, apparently Nintendo was doing a DigiPen Singapore um, as of last year, apparently. If that's the case, then, yeah, that that goes in line with Metroid Prime 4 and potentially Bandai Bandai Namco working on it. Um, And also, according to LinkedIn, it seems like a lot of these people worked on Star Wars 1313, which I actually I haven't gotten. I, I didn't get to that chapter of Blood, Sweat, and Pixels last. Uh, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, the Jason Schreier book 
that's uh, fantastically well written. I've just been slowly working my way through it. I think that's like the last chapter. Um, I don't remember too much about what Star Wars 1313 was supposed to be, but I could see working on Star Wars 1313 being probably uh, a good, something that could easily translate into working on a Metroid Prime 4. Like a like a space based. It was a space based shooter of some. Yeah, I because honestly, it's been like it's been five years since we heard anything about that game before it got killed with the Lucas Disney stuff yeah. in twenty thirteen. So, I've that that game has totally slipped out of my memory. But I could see that as like if you if that was good enough and Star Wars thirteen thirteen was killed because well Disney was getting into was going all in on Infinity. Yeah. Then there's there's your hook right there. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm exceedingly curious about what Metroid Prime Four is going to be. Like it's it's weird because those first three Metroid Prime games, and I mean, like even Hunters as an offshoot. Like I, I know I, I I'm trying to remember the development history of Hunters, but I think that Retro still had some kind of input on that. Like that Metroid Prime trilogy was retro's doing like yeah there were a lot of other people at play um to help craft that into what it was but that really was retro studios baby and i mean i guess it was also to a degree uh kensuke tanabe's baby too um and i guess we'll probably see with prime 4 like what aspects tanabe brought to the table with the original prime trilogy and what was retro's talent Yeah, I mean, and, uh, I'm more worried about this game than any of the other Metroid Prime trilogy, just because I, I know there was a lot of talk in the beginning with Retro screwing it up, but I just wasn't worried back then about it. But now there's like a precedent set where yeah. they have this trilogy to live up to and to actually make a fourth game to, where it's going to it's gonna have to borrow s- some work from what already existed in order to actually fit into that mold. So can this new team do it? And that without knowing who it is and if it is Bandai Namco and new people, like I am a little bit worried about it. I'm excited, but like, I hope it works out. I really do. Cause I want a mm-hmm. great Metroid prime game. Yeah. Like I, I'd love to see a great Metroid prime game. And I think, I don't think Metroid prime four is in any way, shape or form coming out in 2018. Nope. Like I didn't think Xenoblade Chronicles two would be a 2018 game um, more than a year ago. So or a 2017 game, rather. I didn't think Xenoblade Chronicles 2 would, so I'm open to being surprised, um, but I don't think Prime 4 is going to make it out in 2018. I do think, uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt, we will see Metroid Prime 4 at E3, um, if not before. Um, that's that's really with no kind of actual rumor backing, just like I think Nintendo is going to show off Prime 4. I would wager some decent money on like a Metroid Prime trilogy or some kind of re-release of that on switch akin to what they're doing with bayonetta that just that that makes sense that would be a smart thing to do um and would also like i really i i feel like how nintendo has the year of luigi we need to just have uh this is the year of switch ports yeah just embrace it just be like this is this is what it is deal with it i've been agreeing with you on the metroid prime trilogy hd for ever since they announced prime 4 because i never thought it would be out in 2018 so I just figure putting the trilogy out in HD sometime this year on Switch would be a smart move to kind of drum more interest and maybe get people caught up. And then sometime in 2019, release Prime 4. 
So I think that's a good bet. But at E3, I think you may only see, or we may only see, the trailer for this game. I don't know if it's going to be playable or not, but I do think. I don't think. It, I don't think it'll be playable. I, I could good. see like um, Treehouse Live has one segment yeah. on it. Yeah, and then I mean, with, with how Nintendo handles three, there's no way in hell Metroid Prime Four would be playable unless unless it has some like ridiculous new concept, which I think would be a bad idea. Like, yeah, I mean, go for a new hook, but like, you just need to be like, with Metroid Prime 4, you need to prove that you could make a good Metroid Prime game, and then you need to show the twist. Like, you can't, I mean, that's what screwed up Federation Force, is that they were like, Blast Ball! Like, and, like, showed off all the elements of that game that would scare you if you were, like, a diehard Metroid Prime fan, which is part of the reason, I mean... The, the the initial reveal of Federation Force is kind of what sunk it. And I think you run that same risk with Metroid Prime 4, even if I think by virtue of it being a numbered sequel, you have a lot more leeway than with Federation Force. Well, I am excited for Silex. I will throw that out there. He will be there. He's got to be here. He's, He's got to end the Silex. He stole a Metroid. He's crazy. He's got a ship. Who's Silex again? It's been like 15 years, man. <laughs> Uh, he is the electric hunter from Hunters, and his ship, I think it's the Delano, was seen at the end of Prime 3. Spoilers. And f- spoilers for a game that only the people on this website play. It is uh, <laughs> Federation, Federation Force. Force. Yeah, he steals a Metroid. Yeah, seen at the end. So, Silex is basically the last uh, thread that hasn't been tied off for the Metroid Prime universe, and they got to fix that up in this game or stretch it out for like 10 more games. We'll see what happens. You'll well, be really I mean, we got to go on. We, we got to do the game of the decade debate, and it'd be interesting to see if uh, Metroid Prime could win that again. <laughs> uh, you know, it would be really funny if uh, instead of doing a Metroid Prime trilogy re release, if they just did Metroid Prime Hunters on Switch. I'd be so cool with that <laughs> if I could use the touch screen to aim or something. Like, I love <laughs> be, that's the see, game that watches that is like, online. That would be a super trolly move, but I'd probably play a lot of that game. I had so much fun with <laughs> that game online. Like, like multiplayer in that game was pretty fun. It was the most advanced Wi-Fi connection game, in my opinion, with and online. Maybe, maybe it would actually have voice chat. Yeah, it had voice chat on DS. <laughs> In the lobbies, at least, which for DS, fine. I understand it wasn't that powerful. It had online tracking, rivals. Uh, you can like friend so many people. So many stats were calculated. It was, it was the full package for online. And yes, third-rate minion. We do need Metroid Federation Force DX. That would be the bigger troll move. Just combo pack them. Just Tanabe being like, "We know you didn't like it the first time. Suck it. We <laughs> doing it again." Metroid Prime Pinball HD. <laughs> Once again, I'd get all of the... You know, maybe take it a step back. The Metroid Prime as a franchise, excellent. I love that. Like, just give me all the Metroid Prime games. I think uh, I think we scared David, though. <laughs> David, David where are you not much of a No, I'm, I'm not, a, not a... I'm not as big a Metroid fan as the three of you guys, so it was... I'm just enjoying the. I don't the think Donald's a Metroid fan. No, no, nobody on this planet has ever accused me of being a Metroid <laughs> fan. Um, Donald's just Metroid knowledgeable. That's all, because he has to know what he hates. 
You have to know thy enemy. Breath of the Wild, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. That's why Max Justin Mo is going for Max Mover. That's the has, end of that conversation for the week, people. I'm Max Mover has the trolliest move where um, we don't get Metroid Prime Hunters. We get the Metroid Prime Hunters first hunt demo. It's a boxed Switch release of Metroid Prime Hunt, Metroid Prime First Hunt, which is the which has Metroids in it, and the actual game doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I played that demo so much on the DS. Oh, <laughs> it was so good! It was like the best multiplayer game at the launch of the DS. Let's be honest. I think there's some Ping Pals fans who like to have a word with you, Justin, but we'll 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 take that offline. My friend did buy Ping Pals at launch, and we just laughed at him. Is it Sprung? That was another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah Sprung, Sprung was yeah. Sprung was a way forward joint, right? I don't. Remember. Was that the shockingly good one, or was that Ping Pals? I forgot. I don't know. No, I got Feel the Magic at launch. Also, Feel the Magic is fun. It was a weird game, though. Anyway, uh, what other news do we have? Um, well, in in news that might make the Thirsty Mage a bit happy here, uh, we're going to be getting Pillars of Eternity 2 on Switch this holiday. The, the first game was an isometric uh, RPG that came out on PC in 2015, and it hit consoles, I believe, last year. And now the sequel will be coming out on all consoles, including the Switch, this holiday launches on PC in April. I just think this is really cool that we're getting way more of these hardcore RPGs on the Switch. Yeah, no. Pillars of Eternity seems very good. So, like, I welcome that game to the system, even if I might not ever play it because there's too much. Ping Pals was the way forward game, by the way. Yeah, go and go. Yeah, I, I, I welcome any and all uh, RPG uh, that want to come to the the Switch. I, I'm looking forward to Dark Souls. I'll look forward to this one later in the year. Uh, hopefully, they don't all come at once so that we can have time to enjoy them each. I, I, I'm looking at you, time, Skyrim. But... Skyrim and Xenoblade, three weeks apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a tough, well, even now, uh, I've got about lot. three or four RPGs on the go. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and actually, one. I think I know one of those RPGs, because um, uh, my video equipment's on the shop right now, and we needed to get a video review out for the longest five minutes, which I was, which I was lucky enough to get to write up this week. Uh, that is a very fast RPG, thank God, <laughs> because uh, after between Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, and Xenoblade, I think I'm good for 150-hour games for the next five years. Yeah, that seems like a good strategy. Xenoblade only 150 hours? <laughs> Did you just call a 12-hour game fast? Compared to the rest of the games on the system, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a game that I was basically able to finish in a weekend. Which is which I'm looking really forward nice. to some more of those after I get through the Xenoblade, but I'm I'm still loving it. So, um, and, and well, see, the problem, though, Justin, is you got to play it twice to really, you know, no, save no, it. no, you don't. New game plus is yeah. Out I'm already yet. on my second. I'm already <laughs> on my second round. Wait, did, I, th I thought new Chapter game plus wasn't out yet. No, I I couldn't wait. I was like, screw it, doing it again. So you deleted That's your all save, David. No, I have like eight profiles on okay. my Switch. I just, I just want to make sure one. you didn't get rid of all that work. Cause no, be there's insane. no way I would get... <laughs> I have it wow. saved right before the final boss so that I, if I want to, I can go back. and. But I figure I just do it... Instead of doing like the quests that I hadn't done yet, I figured I'd just 
start the game over with new blades and play a different way and uh, and then just do the quests that I know I didn't do. Uh, so that's uh, that's, that's one of the games I'm juggling. You really love that game, don't you? Mm. I really love Xenoblade <laughs> too. It's it's. I, I I loved really, it so much. I went and bought the first one today. I really should go back and uh, play more of that game. You should. <laughs> I was. I, well, I, I've I've pinpointed uh, I've pinpointed the spot where you have to get past to truly enjoy it. Uh, it and that it's not is, like chapter uh, thirteen, is it? No, what no, chapter? it's like chapter and chapter four. Really, like you got to get past. That's like um, almost where I left off. The Uriah? Exactly. So it's right. like, uh, uh, I think it's like 14, 15 hours because that's when you actually have uh, everything opened up to you. Like you can do the combos, you have three blades, uh, yeah, you can right do now, the Merc have, missions. Like it I just all three, opens up three at that characters point. characters with two blades each. I think I'm mid end of chapter three. Or maybe the start of chapter four. I think once you get to chapter four, it secretly lets you have three blades. Okay. Oh. Then I think I think I'm at the I think I'm like in the middle of chapter three then. Um I and will that, make it I will make it my business to get to that point in the game before Xenoblade Week. Okay. Well it feels like I said, it feels so much better once you have those extra because then you can really start getting the strategy in place. I will point uh, out though that like I'm the- also you said about 15 hours in. I'm already 15 hours in because I've been slow boating that game so much because I, I mean, it's the kind of thing that like I, I do, I am getting to the point where I need to go back to it. I don't really know when I'm ever going to fish Xenoblade 2, but if I keep going back to it and like leaving off of places where I can just jump back in, then I can just revisit it like once every couple weeks and then not be lost. Yeah, and that would work. Um but yeah, I, th- I think it's worth it because it just gets better as it goes on. Like, yeah. It, it, so, uh, really, when you start getting the extra, like, getting those upgrades to the arts, and then you can really start getting different strategies with, like, launching and toppling and getting in the combos. And then, uh, I, I guess I don't want to get too far into spoilers, but when you start getting a few of these different blades later in the game, uh, you can really just. Uh, get into some real heavy strategy with with battles, and it's uh, it's 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 fun. It's like it doesn't feel stale yet. So uh, I had over a hundred hours in the first my first go, and I'm at th- twelve, I think now on the second go. So now my goal is to beat the game for the first time before David beats it for the second. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> ah! <laughs> And I'm also trying to beat uh, Radiant Historia at the, at the same time. I'm yeah. Um, I'm just uh, getting tired of one and going to the next. Yeah, David, uh, myself, and Casey Gibson will be recording a in-depth podcast discussion of Radiant Historia for an upcoming NWR connectivity segment uh, that I think will be what every month, or uh, yeah, as we I have mean, that's content. The plan is every month, but. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like I think we have enough content now for biweekly, but we'll see how long uh, we can crank the RPGs out. Yeah, um, but yeah, we'll be doing that podcast segment. You will, I think we will probably also upload the segment on NWR TV, so you can check that out, or you can go check out NWR Connectivity on uh, on the website or wherever you find podcasts on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so someone asked I... in the chat, "Have any of you guys played Skyrim for Switch?" If you did, is it good? I know two people here. 
um, that that did play Skyrim for Switch because uh, David David reviewed it for Nintendo World Report. Uh, David, you love the crap out of it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. It it uh, it was exactly how I remembered it. Uh, I had it on Xbox One. Well, I I had it on an Xbox 360. Then I had it on Xbox One, and then I got it on Switch, and it felt to me it felt just like playing it on Xbox One. Um, it felt exactly the same. It, it's great that you can you can get in. The, there's no the loading up is quick. Like you can just jump in and out whenever you want. Um, there's no like in-game slowdown. Everything great about it that you remember is is all there. Uh, as well as all the DLC uh, that I actually didn't buy originally. So those were new experiences for me. Uh, yeah. Dawn yeah. Guard. That's Dawn Guard. Um, hearth, wait. Yeah, hearth, uh, hearth. Is it hearthstone? Something like that. No, the, the dawn guard is no, not hearthstone. There's. Uh, I know what they do. They're, yeah, the dawn yeah, guard is a vampire. Uh, you got to v- kill a vampire clan. There's the one where you can build a home, and then there's the one where you yeah. go off to another island, right? Which is like more yeah to meet from the, the, another dragonborn. Yeah, yeah. Um. I uh, I also played, yeah I played a lot of Skyrim on Switch and I'm not as glowing as David, but no that that game's a ton of fun. It's just that I think Breath of the Wild has ruined all over uh, all other open world games for me to an extent because like Skyrim's fun to explore, but you don't have the freedom of like climbing up rocks or being able to jump and glide all over the place, which um, I know it's weird to complain about a 2011 video game because of something in a 2017 video game. But like, I, you know, was playing it in the context of it being a brand new game on switch. So I had to compare it with modern games. And I think that Skyrim shows its age a little bit, but it's absolutely a game still worth revisiting or playing for the first time. Yeah. I do have a sealed copy here. I just haven't gotten around. to it. <laughs> I, if anyone's I, getting into it. Uh, I just recommend play as a stealthy archer. Can you pick your race in that game? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, so each race has its own um, uh, like skills, or they have like a special thing they can do. Um, I was a, I was a they, Yeah, and uh, like like I was an elf because they have uh, heightened archery. Uh, so I I played as the the stealthy archer. So basically. We, you just work on getting your stealth up, your archery up, and then you can just walk into dungeons, pick off uh, draugers and skeletons from as far as the eye can see, loot the entire place, and walk out, and it's just it's a blast. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was no tangible benefit for doing it, but I was a magic-wielding lizard man because that just seemed like a fun thing to do. I forget what the lizard man benefits are, but I'm pretty sure it ran counter to everything I was actually doing in combat. But the glory of that game is that, like, you can just make it work. Like, there's a lot of customization into how you play your character. Like, you can be melee heavy, you can be archery based, you can be magic based, you can mix it all together. Um, I actually did have a little while where I would have a uh, fire in one hand that I could shoot off, and then and then just a sword in the other. And that was pretty cool. Now, David, you mentioned Dragonborn. Can you play as one of those? I mean, our our. That's your character. Sorry? That's the yeah. one common element yeah, of your the, character. Yeah, you are the Dragonborn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but there's different guilds that you can join. Like there's, um, 
there's the companions. Um, there's something about the companions I could ruin. This, I guess I'll leave it because it's sort of a spoiler. Yeah, but you can join like the companions. Yeah, like, I, I think we might, have some, we might have some people that are watching and listening right now that are that haven't played the game and are asking our our views. So yeah, let's not spoil stuff. Okay, so I won't spoil it. So the companions is fun. It, it's a guild in like the first city you end up in. Um, I always went with uh, the league, the Dark Brotherhood. Uh, yeah, the Dark Brotherhood's a good time in every Elder Scrolls game. All two of them that I played. Yeah, <laughs> and if. If you like if you like being a uh, a real asshole in games, then do the Daedra quests, because basically they're just the most evil beings in the in the the game, and they just get you to do evil shit, and it's just fun. Um. So NSA Penguinot is asking, uh, what class do you recommend to a person who's never played Skyrim? So that's the. Uh, I I would say if it's your first time, just do the stealthy archer with an with an elf. Because <laughs> um, if you do it if you do it properly, the game is easier than uh, like the first time I played. I was a mage. I went to the College of Winterhold uh, to to really get powered up. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like you're you, you're not necessarily stuck with anyone. Like if you start off as a mage and you don't like it. Like mid game, you can just say, "Screw it! I'm going to be an archer. I'm going to be a, a warrior," and, and you can still build towards it. Like it, you're, yeah. not, you're never really like stuck to one class or one weapon or anything. But, yeah, yep. that's, that's your Skyrim minute. <laughs> We're yep. talking about all the games of 2017 on Nintendo <laughs> News Report because it's a so, slow news week. Well, yeah. and just to go back to pillars, pillars like I, I do. Obsidian was kind of hit or miss though for me, because I enjoyed Code Code was their really first. Uh, yeah, but uh, I wasn't a big fan of Fallout Las Vegas. It just uh, new, uh, new Vegas, yeah, or New Vegas, yeah. It just something was missing. Like it just, it didn't have that Fallout feel. It just was missing something. Hmm. Um, yeah, I do. I do looks, hope it comes. And I just hope that it does well, so that we get like torment or wasteland. Yeah. I know they were talking I mean, about putting Wasn't that. there a team for wasteland coming where like a developer like showed off it on a dev kit or something? I think wasteland too, but the think three three is due this year, I think, on PC. So okay, they might be going all all in on, and then they'll do they'll double back to two after that for Switch. So that would probably be 2019 at this point. Um, some Peter Haywood asked, "When is Wolfenstein Two coming to Switch again?" Um, uh, I think. I mean, right now it's 2018. Uh, I would say probably spring or summer. Bethesda likes putting stuff out in in the May June time frame, like right before E3. So I could see I could see them running it out then. Yeah, like I. I mean, I guess there is a world where maybe Wolfenstein Two doesn't come out until like October November. Uh, but I, I feel like that'd be a mistake. I think putting it out, putting it out in spring or something is is probably a good idea. Hmm. Like maybe maybe. Sort of... I mean, I mean, if you think about it, they announced Doom coming November tenth, like what a month before. Um, I could I could see a world where Wolfenstein two is coming out in April. I could also see a world where it comes out in June, and a world where it comes out in August or September. 
That so game looks uh, yeah. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen <laughs> is what we know for sure. Everything else is speculation. Regardless, whenever that game comes out, I'm excited. That game seems incredible. Um, I think that Bethesda's doing really cool things with first person shooters. Doom was awesome. I need to finish Doom. I was having fun. I I, I have not finished it either, but like Dude. so so far mm. so very good. Um, unless does it yeah. does it like end with a whimper? I I don't know, but uh, it it sort of it it sort of does like the steady downhill, but uh, okay. the, the peaks at the start are really good. Yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, I'm curious how Wolfenstein sells too, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were slightly disappointed with the sales like of the other consoles, and I'm just wondering if a lot of people were like, "No, I want it on the Switch. I'm not going to buy it on the." I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, let's because that's that's how I am. Like I have a PS4, yeah. but I'd rather have it on my Switch. Yeah, one um, and one advantage of it if they get it out earlier is that there's less risk that they you don't run into the Doom problem of this game's twenty bucks everywhere. Why should I get yeah. it on Switch for sixty? That, that's why. That's why I think if you if you have it come out in the spring, then when Wolfenstein Two is inevitably twenty dollars on every other console in the fall, the Switch version can also be closer to that price. Even though I haven't really seen a lot of Switch price drops. I've seen some temporary discounts, but nothing to the level that other systems are discounting stuff. Um, hmm. Peter Haywood followed up by my mention of an April or June release is don't disrupt my DKC, which is a fair point. <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. had years to play DKC. Come on. But not with funky mode. Come on. Yeah. Uh, what, what about Wolfenstein 2 with funky mode? So I mean, I guess I guess this is a spoiler for the first Wolfenstein, but I believe it's how Wolfenstein Two starts off: is that your character's in a wheelchair? Just imagine Funky Kong in a wheelchair, kicking ass and taking names. But he's still carrying the surfboard with him yes. wherever yes. he goes. Like he's got the bandana and the sunglasses. Yep, he's using. I, I can't confirm the wheelchair. Uh... I can confirm that it starts off in the wheelchair because uh, my office mate played the entire first level in front of me while I watched. And okay. should have been working. <laughs> and yeah, he 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 one-handed a, <laughs> a wheelchair while shooting with the with his right hand. And okay. this was all going through a sub submarine as well. Yeah, uh, that game seems right. pretty legit. <laughs> you know, I love Wolf I love the first two Wolfenstein <laughs> back in the day. So I haven't tried. This new era of Wolfenstein, I'm looking forward to it. I was a big Wolfenstein 3D was the first first-person shooter I ever saw or played, so it left an impact on me. And we have some other people uh, mentioning in the chat, uh, Payday Two. Um, that's coming out in like two or three weeks. Yeah, um, it's like February 20, 27, 27th, 28th, 27th. Yeah, uh, we uh, for the record, um, uh, we should be we we should be getting that a review copy of that game before launch. So we'll have some coverage of it as we get closer. Um, I hope. Mm. But that's, uh, that that seems like the kind of game that gets scored after it comes out, though, just because the online yeah. is such a big deal. Yeah, the online's are very important. But like I've heard really good things about those games. I've never really played them. Um, I do tend to agree someone mentioned about how it would have sold better last holiday, and that's probably true. Um, but we'll see. I mean, the, the Switch pumpkin has not... Or the, the, Switch, the Switch carriage has not turned into a pumpkin yet. Um, there's part of me that feels that's inevitable, but I keep on getting proved wrong by that feeling of it being inevitable. 
Eh, it'll 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 be a pumpkin until Pokemon comes out. Then look out. Yeah. Um, any other news? Uh, not really. Any other okay. games you want to talk about? Um, uh, Aegis Defenders uh, that came out today. Um, you can you can read my review and Nintendo report. You can watch my review on this channel because I'm editing video reviews now. That's that's a new thing for me. Uh, but Aegis Defenders is a really novel and neat mixture of tower defense and action platforming, or um, I guess some might say uh, puzz forming. Um, it's a like puzzle platformer. Uh, but you switch between different characters. You can play co-op. And it's got like that uh, that Lego game dynamic split screen. So that is pretty neat for co-op. But outside of it being a slow build, like I think the game looks beautiful. I think the music is very peaceful and serene. Um, and when you get to the back half of that game, it's it's kind of cooking on all cylinders and the, the puzzles are very good. The tower defense stuff starts getting devious and challenging. And yeah, I think I think the the finale of that game is 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 rather good. I just think it takes a little bit too long to get there. Yeah, and Dale in the chat room mentions Dragon Quest Builders comes out tomorrow. That'll be that was a damn fine demo. Sold it sold me on the game once already. So um, I, I played a I played a bunch of it on PS4, and uh, I know we have a review, and and Don is in the chat. Uh, Don wrote our review, which is which is up on the website. Um, I played it back on PS4 and really enjoyed it. But one thing that bothered me that I actually think might be remedied on Switch, um, more of just the the idea of playing it portably as opposed to playing it on the TV is really the only way that that would be remedied. Is that so? It's it's Dragon Quest Minecraft, uh, but the way it works is that it's split into chapters. So like you start in one area, you build up a town, and then you beat that area then you lose that town and you go to a new area. And like that, that first moment of going from chapter one, after I built up this town over the course of this entire chapter and then leaving it to go to another area and start all over was like, so disheartening. Like I was like, but like, I just, why can't I just build more onto this? Like this was great. Um, but I think that playing that portably might lessen that because I'd be able to play it a little bit more, pick up a play as opposed to kind of dumping a lot of hours into it all at once. Yeah. Um, I, I do I, like, I, that's Minecraft for me. Like I've never gotten into Minecraft, but Dragon Quest Builders is what I want out of Minecraft. Something a little more uh, like, I feel bad saying like less creative and more story driven, but that's kind of what, like, I, yeah. I think it looks beautiful. I think the music is, is pretty well, nice. More and, more direction uh, is nice. Like the one thing with Minecraft is like, what do yeah. I do? What am I supposed to do? Uh, and so to to have uh, a goal, a clear goal in mind, is nice. Yeah, yeah, I know. My my roommate is into being a D and D dungeon master and Minecraft, which those pretty much require similar levels, similar skills. Me, I'll just take my my guided one because I played Builders on the Vita and ran fine there, and it was real, and it was fun. I just I had I got drifted away from it, but I, I got to get back to it. Someone asked, "Will Dragon Quest Builders have a video review?" Uh, yes, it will. Um, we just, I mean, uh, we uh, Don reviewed it um, with a European code. We do not have an American code yet. Uh, when we get that, actually, David, you're going to get that code. Yeah, and I'll get that video review yeah. uh, up and up and running as soon as I can. 
Yeah. So, and I, I'm, I'm going to be going, I'm picking up a, I get a pair of Bluetooth headphones um, that I ordered in store, pick up at Best Buy. So there's a good chance I walk out of there with Bluetooth headphones tomorrow and, uh, and Dragon Quest Builders. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not proud. Uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong I with also that. know a, I also know a six-year-old who is excited that I'm getting Dragon Quest Builders. Ah, oh, that's that's good. I'm I'm glad I gave you that that review then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's got pride in his hands long enough to record. <laughs> yeah. So the, I think the other one of the other big games that came out this week, which this week was big, next week's going to be absolutely insane, was uh, Disc Jam. Is, yeah, uh, it's not Windjammers, but it's a lot like Windjammers. If um, you're familiar enough with yeah, Giant Bomb, that went up on at like midnight last night, um, and I wound up playing some of it this morning. Uh, I'm on board. I, I don't think I'm terribly good. I played an online game of doubles and won, so that was cool. Um, the one thing that I think is a little disappointing is I think the offline content is rather limited, but. If the online works and it's cross-platform, I think with definitely PC, I'm not even sure if that game's on Xbox One. It might have launched at the same time as the Switch version. Because I think it was a PS Plus game when it came out. Um, and I know there's no cross-platform with the PS Plus or the PC, P, yeah, PlayStation 4 version. But I think it's just cross-platform with the PC version. Either way... Um, online seems decently populated so far. If you're going, um, also pulling for the PC world, um, I'm gonna mess around with that game. I'm I'm rather excited for it. I like weird sports games, and this fits the bill. I might, um, I guess maybe I'll ask the chat a little bit. I was contemplating since there won't be a review for Dish Jam for a little while because we only we we got a review code basically as it went live to the world. Presumably because the game's so heavily based on online that a pre-release review would be almost pointless. Um, but if I, I might like record something of just like screwing around with some online games, so that way like showing off the lag and trying to struggle to get better at disc jam, I might do that. Let me know. Yeah. If you like and it that. looks like the, and it looks like right now it is PC, PS4 and switch. No Xbox okay. one version yet. Okay. So yeah, the PS4 version would not be cross compatible. All right, so that is going to do it for this week. Thank, thank you very much for watching all, and thank you very much for listening to us on iTunes or Google Play or your podcatcher of choice. You can get the uh, link to the RSS feed if you need that on NintendoWorldReport.com, which is where you'll also find lots of written and video reviews, including The Longest Five Minutes, Aegis Defenders, uh, Dragon Quest Builders. We have a Bayonetta 1 and 2 hands-on ahead of the Switch release of those next week. Getting that for free, yeah! <laughs> oh, and, and the, the Radiant Historia review that was tweeted by Atlas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that'll be the, the Bandita 2 will be what I play in between long rounds of Radiant Historia, which comes out next Tuesday on the 3DS. Yes, folks, it's still alive. Yeah, Radiant Historia is awesome. It's such a great video game. What a very good RPG. This is the Radiant Historia song. Yay. It was and worth I re recharging my my uh, 3ds for. <laughs> and you know I got release date. You know actually, here's a pro tip. Here's a pro tip for playing 3ds in 2018. Turn that wireless off. Don't worry about street passes. Your battery life will be way better. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like part of the reason why the 3DS battery life, if, if, if you ever thought it was bad, I guarantee that if you turned off wireless and street pass did not drag it down, um, you won't be as disappointed. Anyway, yeah. So pro tip, anyway. 2018 3DS yes. usage, turn off that wireless. Yes, and also keep it locked to this YouTube channel here, Nintendo World Report TV. We have all all matter of video reviews, as well as an extended interview with uh, with Neil and John Raiden, who's the boss on that one, I ask you. Yeah. Not, not me anymore. As John, as John, as John takes over the day-to-day reigns of the website, which means we're going to have a lot more video going up on there as well. And if you want to bug, bug us individually on Twitter, David, you are at Filtered Gamer, if I remember correctly. And and all, are you the one also tweeting out about the thirsty mage as well? Yep, that is that's that is also myself. You uh, ruined the secret. So... It was a surprise. <laughs> it's a secret to everyone. Yeah. Although, if you want to follow it now in anticipation for the first episode, you can go right ahead. That's fine. It's at the thirsty mage. Yes, Justin is at King Nintendo Fan on Twitter, and is that also on Instagram? Instagram is King Nintendo Fanboy. Right. See, some of my collection is uh, add pictures to that. Yeah, Neil is at Enron Ten, where you go for the uh, for the latest latest hot takes on Childish Gambino. Yeah, um, getting Duke Gambino's Lino looks great. Also, um, yeah, that, that 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 supposed Childish Gambino Lando rap that's going around is just a very well executed fake Childish Gambino rap. Um, still worth checking out, but it is not actually Donald Glover. It is a comedian posing as Donald Glover in a very effective manner. Yes, and I am at Donald Mick, where you can go for all the hottest takes on the latest heroes I've put to five stars of fire in the heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can put somebody up tonight, I just don't know who it is. Maybe 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 answers on a postcard on that one, or I'll just put a Twitter poll up. But that is our show. Thank you very much. And patreon.com slash NWR. Most important of all, support the site that supports us and get a rough copy of the show, assuming a certain website is cooperative. That is our show. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Good night.